0: RPN, the Roddenberry Podcast Network.
1: This episode of Priority One is brought to you by our Patreon supporter, Jim Devico.
2: We thank him and all our other patrons for their monthly support.
0: message from Starfleet coming in on secure channel.
3: Hello Captains, you're listening to episode 366 of Priority One, a Roddenberry Star Trek podcast, and your weekly report from the Star Trek multiverse, recorded live on Tuesday, May 15th, 2018, and available for download or streaming on Friday, May 18th at PriorityOnePodcast.com. I'm Elijah, and in our audio booth is our audio engineer, Winters.
0: Hello, everybody.
3: Now, this is a very special episode. It's our Leap Day Year episode. Thanks for pointing that out to us, Jim DeVico. And joining us is our social media manager and writer, Jake Morgan. Thanks, Jake, for joining us. Thanks for having me. All right, Jake, since you wrote most of the news, why don't you tell us what we've got coming up this week?
1: Well, this week, Simon Pegg weighs in on recent announcements regarding the Star Trek films... Anson Mount tweets his transformation into Pike, and cloaking devices work, well, underwater. In Star Trek Online news, we're getting more details about the upcoming expansion Victory is Life, and Bridge Crew is getting an incredible update. And in our literary review, Jace recaps the third and final volume of Star Trek Boldly Go. Of course, as always, before we wrap the show, we'll open Hailing Frequencies and see what's incoming. Captains, those frequencies are always open, and you know we love to hear
0: from you between episodes, so please reach out to us. We are on Facebook at Facebook.com forward slash PriorityOnePodcast. We're on Twitter at Pod. You can even send us an email via incoming at PriorityOnePodcast.com.
3: Captains, this show would not be possible without the support of our patrons, so we have to take a moment to thank them. Because of their support, we can continue to produce the weekly content you've come to enjoy from week to week. Now, if you've been interested in finding out what we have to offer to our patrons who offer financial contributions, we invite you to head over to patreon.com forward slash priority one. As a patron, you'll get early access to content, including interviews with special guests and a separate podcast titled On Screen, where we are currently reviewing this first season of The Orville. Now, we understand that a financial contribution may not be possible, but there are other ways that you can support the show. The biggest way is by sharing it with your friends on social media or Twitter. Let your friends know that they can get their weekly roundup of Star Trek news right here at PriorityOnePodcast.com. Now, let's check out the latest news from the Star Trek Multiverse. Jordan, places. I uh,
1: don't know. Then let's check it out.
3: While working on the media circuit to promote his latest film, Terminal, which premiered on May 11th, Simon Pegg took some promotional time to drop some hashtag Trek nuggets right into our Trek sauce. In an interview with Joe Blow, Pegg provided further evidence of a still unconfirmed report that director S.J. Clarkson will helm Star Trek IV, saying, quote, I'm very excited about S.J. Clarkson being hired. JJ emailed us about that just before it was announced. End quote. He continued, "Quote: Everybody was so excited. I think Zach's actually worked with her. I've seen stuff she's done, and I think it's a great choice. And it's about time." End quote. Speaking to Yahoo, Peg echoed his praise of Star Trek's first film director and suggested that another, yet to be confirmed, rumor regarding Star Trek IV's scribes may be true. Peg says, "Quote." That's being done by Patrick McKay and John Payne, and I'm not sure what the status is at the moment. SJ just came on board, so it feels like we've turned a corner towards production. But I have no solid confirmation, end quote. All right, so it seems that things are moving forward with Star Trek 4, in some way, shape, or form. Obviously, an email went out from J.J. about S.J. Clarkson, so that's some some hard evidence. I would which say. is nice to
1: hear, but it's still not confirmation, which I'm kind of waiting for. Right,
3: I think that, uh, again, it's going to be... She's a seasoned television director with some amazing credits under her belt, including heroes that Zachary Quinto was uh, a part of, uh, a star in, so I'm looking forward to it. If
1: Anton Mount isn't truly excited to portray USS Enterprise Captain Christopher Pike then he's a fantastic liar. So Star Trek fans have a talented actor who's passionate about his role, or a thespian who can fool us into thinking that he is. Win-win. In a post dated May 11th, Mount continued to praise the Star Trek Discovery cast and crew, this time tweeting, quote, Achieving maximum Pike hair courtesy of the incomparable Sandy Sokolowski, End quote. The tweet is accompanied by a time-lapse video of Mount's transformation into the legendary starship captain. Check out the show notes for a link to the tweet.
3: Personally, I'm excited at the fact that he's excited. And that's the passion that we've been seeing from the Star Trek Discovery actors since day one. Uh, Is that whether or not they're Trekkies, they are embracing the fandom. They are embracing the lore. They are embracing the universe that they're in. Because I think they, unlike some of the cast prior to them, I think they're aware of how large this universe is they've had time to see what this universe has done in terms of science fiction so there's a bit of a there's a bit of a oh yeah okay i i i know what i'm signing myself into because it's it's established right this isn't
1: a television thing this is a cultural thing and i think every single one of them get it
3: if you ever find yourself underwater Pursued by submarines or aquatic bats, then this next story may come in handy. Researchers at Penn State University have created an underwater cloak which redirects and conceals an object from sound waves. Too bad, sound screen. The underwater cloaks were created using metamaterials, or materials not found in nature, and were inspired by the radar absorbent material painted on planes. In a statement regarding the metamaterials, Assistant Professor of Acoustics with Penn State's Applied Research Laboratory and Research Team Leader Amanda Hanford said, quote, these materials sound like a totally abstract concept, but the math is showing us that these properties are possible. So we are working to open the floodgates to see what we can create with these materials, end quote. During a demonstration at the 175th meeting of the Acoustical Society of America in Minneapolis, Minnesota, the team demonstrated the metamaterial's functionality. While scientists at the meeting admit the metamaterial could be used as an invisibility cloak against sonar, they believe it is still in the early stages of development. So uh, you know this may not be the biggest Star Trek news ever, but again, here's another technology inspired by the cultural franchise that that we just talked about briefly, inspiring science of the totally future.
1: Totally disagree. The two best episodes of the the two best presentations of Star Trek: Balance of Terror and the Wrath of Khan. And this fits in perfectly because they're both based on submarine movies. Oh, yeah. true, yeah.
3: true, true. Cloaks
1: and movies and presentations. And this fits perfectly. I pat the writer on the back. (laughs) Solid work to whoever wrote this. Great job.
3: (laughs) Well played. Well played. Well, that's it for this week in Star Trek news. Now let's find out what happened this week in the world of Star Trek gaming.
2: Computer, status report. Status. Incoming message.
3: I'm only in the mood for good news today. More details are trickling out this week with respect to playing as a Jem'Hadar first in Star Trek Online's Expansion 4, Victory is Life. In a blog post by systems designer Cryptic Spartan, we're given some more information about the traits available to the new playable Jem'Hadar species. As we already know, players will start at level 60 with, quote, a fully geared starship, shuttle, and crew of Jem'Hadar, as well as pre-completed progress in crafting specializations, and reputations. All Gemadar will also begin with all of their skill points and traits already allocated and a free retrain to allow for you to make your Gemadar your own, end quote. However, the configurations will change depending on the profession you choose, tactical science or engineering. Now it's been made clear in these blogs that there is no tutorial available, and it has been recommended that incoming players new to the game start with the original content available in order to familiarize yourself with the game. Now back to the playable species, the trait titled Shroud will be inherent to Jem'Hadar granting a stealth mode as long as they've ingested some Ketracell White. Another trait, called Engineered Soldier, grants bonuses to weapons damage in combat, increasing crit chance and crit severity. Now that engineered soldier sounds great. If only it was available in Space Combat 2, right? Well, it is. If you purchase the special Gemhadar Vanguard species from the Sea store those traits become available in Space Combat 2.
0: So one thing that I'd like to actually talk about regarding all of this is some information that I learned from the Twitch stream that Ambassador killed on yesterday. The free playable Jemadar species will get two reputations complete and as you mentioned earlier Elijah, it will vary depending on what career class you choose, tactical engineer or science. The Vanguard species, which currently we only know is available from the Vanguard pack, they will come with three reputations pre-complete actually at tier five three of them i'm assuming that the crafting schools will work the same way depending on career uh, you will have certain schools finished within the crafting and of course the specializations then as well another thing that we were told during this live stream is that you will get a number of very rare bridge officers Both your captain and your ship will have Mark 12, very rare gear. And actually, now that I think about it, your bridge officers as well. You will also get, I think it was like one rare and maybe two greens, uh, you know, uncommon bridge officers. They were included in that as well. So yeah, there's some really nice uh, benefits with the Vanguard pack. But they have set it up in such a way that if you are going to be playing the expansion free to play, uh, Your setup as well. You get a decent leg up on uh,
3: everything from the get go. Now we mentioned already that if you come into the game for the first time and try to play as a Hadar, you get no tutorial. Instead, you'll jump right in and play a mission titled Turn the Tide, which is only available to Hadar players. You'll need to complete this before joining either the KDF or Federation factions. The blog post from content designer Wubbles explains, quote, It's not a tutorial. It's not repeatable or skippable, end quote. Another episode of content news from Victory is Life, the first mission available to all captains will be titled Storm Clouds Gather. Odo has called a meeting of the greatest powers in the Alliance to Deep Space Nine to assess the Herc threat. Together, they'll have to combat it.
0: Turn the Tide, um, we we were actually talking about this on the Priority One TeamSpeak server, and uh, we figured that either as soon as you create a Gem character, you were going to be asked to join Fed or KDF, but it seems that from this blog, that uh, it's going to be after Turn the Tide. And I'm assuming that the second one that we talked about, uh, Storm Clouds Gather, this mission we think is going to be available to all players no matter what faction you're playing
3: storm clouds yes storm clouds is available to everybody turn the tide is only available right. to Jemadar. now it turns out that the interior of deep space nine isn't the only thing getting a facelift star trek online teamed up with 3d model maker tobias richter to help remaster the exterior of deep space nine in the game for those of you unfamiliar with mr richter his models were used for the tng hd remastering released on blu-ray and netflix he had begun preparing for a DS9 HD remastering and started working on DS9 itself. Unfortunately, that project never continued. At least now, his model can be seen and enjoyed by captains all around the globe in Star Trek Online. I've
0: actually seen some screenshots of this uh, from the, uh, again, the live stream that Ambassador Kale done yesterday. Oh my god. The new exterior, Deep Space Nine, looks fantastic. It is absolutely brilliant. I'm not sure what the scale is going to be like in relation to ships. I would imagine that they would have used this opportunity to correct that because I know some people have, have always said that the scale just wasn't quite right. But the exterior looks absolutely amazing and I cannot wait for Victory's Life to release. Just the more I learn about it, the more I want it to be here like right now.
3: Two stories have been published leading up to Expansion 4, and the story titled The Golden Nagus, we're taken to Ferenginar, where Grand Nagus Rom is currently struggling to save his people from the Herc. Written by staff content designer Ryan Levitt, we see that Rom and Lita's relationship is still strong, and she remains his guiding light through anxious times. In staff writer Jay Turner's lore story, we're introduced to a changeling named Nuno, who just returned from a five-year deep space exploration mission. The story explains that he and his crew of Vorta and Jem'Hadar had a difficult and tumultuous time, losing half of his crew in the process and going through five Vorta. He was eager to rejoin the Great Link, but was stopped upon discovering something troubling about the war against the Herc.
0: Moving on to events now. If you've been eyeing a particular set of gear from the reputation system, you've got until Monday, May 21st, to take advantage of a marks weekend. You'll earn 50% bonus above the normal amount of rewards. And now that Winters is back, we can't go another week without one of his top tips. In an effort to lend a hand to new players or even surprise the most veteran captains in Star Trek Online, here's my top tip for this week. This week I'm going to talk to you about a handy little trick that will help you to instantly travel to the start point for any featured episode mission. This trick will work on both space and ground maps so you don't have to be anywhere special for it to work. We all know that once every three or four months roughly, Cryptic Studios releases a new featured episode mission. Well, when they do this, they also advertise it in-game in the mission journal. To open up your journal, simply click on the Hail Starfleet button located in the bottom left-hand corner of the mini-map, or just hit the J key on your keyboard. J for Juliet. Once the journal is open, you will see the current featured episode advertised on the left-hand side of the journal. If you click on this advertisement, it will open up a pop-up menu. From there, you will see a transport button. If you click on this button, it will instantly transport you to the mission start point for free. This is very different from the transport button located in the Episodes tab of the journal. If you use this one, you will have to pay X amount of EC depending on how far away you are from the start point for that mission. Unfortunately, I don't have links for this week's top tip, but hopefully you still found it helpful. If you have any questions regarding anything I have said, please direct them to incoming at
3: PriorityOnePodcast.com. In other news from Star Trek games around all the platforms... One of the most anticipated updates to Ubisoft's Star Trek bridge crew is finally coming. TNG bridge crew, baby! According to an interview with IGN's Tom Marks, not only will you be battling the Borg, but a few changes in the playable roles will also happen. For instance, engineering will be swapped out for operations. Additionally, the Borg aren't the only new enemy, but Romulans will also be introduced as an adversary, according to the article. Players on the PlayStation 4 can expect the update to land on May 22nd, while the rest of us have to wait until the 21st of July. Boo. Now don't forget, Captains, this game no longer requires a virtual reality headset or rig. You can go ahead and play it with your keyboard and mouse or with a controller if you're on the console
0: when they made this change um, not requiring the VR headset uh, a number of us in the Priority 1 Armada straight away went and bought it and um, we've actually done uh, it's it's only one night so far um, on the weekly Twitch stream uh, where we basically just took a break away from Star Trek Online and we said we'd do a Star Trek bridge crew night but man it was so fun it was absolutely fantastic and we're planning to do another one in the not too distant future um, but this with the TNG uh, bridge is going to be fantastic. I've seen the videos for this, and they have knocked it out of the park. It looks
3: amazing. I I completely agree. And, the Captains, if you want to join us in Star Trek Online, or any other game for that matter, don't forget that we're also on Discord. Links to that Discord server will be in our show notes. But that wraps it up for this week in Star Trek Online and gaming news. Now let's check in with Jace for another Treklet 101.
2: Hello Captains, this is Jace with the latest edition of Trek Lit 101. This installment sees the end of an era as I review the third and final volume of Star Trek Boldly Go. While IDW says this isn't the last we'll hear from the Kelvin timeline in the funny pages. With ongoing and now Boldly Go both come to an end, and the future of the Kelvin films still uncertain, I do wonder. Still, it's been a long and fascinating journey. A trek, you might say. And definitely one I've been glad to take. This collection includes issues 13 through 18 of Boldly Go, a storyline called IDIC. That's I-D-I-C. Infinite Diversity in Infinite Combinations. A Vulcan concept introduced by Gene Roddenberry in the TOS era with what some have described as a very merchandising-oriented intent. The IDIC, or Shan in the original Vulcan, symbol was worn as a pin by Spock, allegedly causing some friction with Leonard Nimoy, who thought it was a crass gimmick to sell replicas to fans. Well, we fans would certainly not want to purchase any replicas of props or items from the show, so I appreciate him having our back on that. Regardless, it's a time-honored part of Trek mythology at this point, and the namesake of this arc, appropriately as we shall soon see. The story begins with a conversation between Kirk and Sulu on the Endeavor, and Spock and Uhura on New Vulcan, bantering a bit about their upcoming reunion on the New Enterprise, as seen at the end of Star Trek Beyond. Ahura and Spock afterward muse about the many possibilities ahead of them, including maybe not returning to the ship at all. Meanwhile, Kirk and the Endeavor encounter an anomaly of sorts. And we are soon launched into an at-times mind-bending whirlwind of multiple realities, some of which we have seen before. If this book is a send-off, it's a rich and lavish one. Six issues, mostly illustrated by different artists and colorists, but tied together with the familiar writing of Mike Johnson, with Ryan Parrott for the final issue as well, and covers by Tony Chestein, Plot elements here reach all the way back to the second issue of Ongoing, and the second pilot of T.O.S. Certainly, there are plenty of other Kelvinverse comics adventures referenced here, in a solid payoff for years of stories both familiar and new. And, in a way, it's a send-off for beloved editor Sarah Gados as well, our interviewee and con booth neighbor at STLV, as she heads to Oni Press from IDW. Looks like Rick and Morty Comics will be in good hands as she takes over as their editorial director of licensed publishing. Congratulations, good luck, live long and prosper, and wubba lubba dub dubs. Appropriately for a Star Trek story, I left this volume in a mood of hope. While the Kelvin timeline has its highs and lows for me, as I finished these issues and considered my review notes, I hope for more. I hope we get more Trek movies, in whatever form they come, loved or argued over by fans, And let's not kid ourselves, it's usually both anyway. And naturally, more comic books, so I don't have to go back to doing grown-up stuff. That's all for this month's Trek Lit 101, now let's open Hailing Frequencies and see what's incoming.
1: Message coming in, sir.
2: Hailing Frequencies. Open. See? We are getting to know each other. Well,
3: Captains, this is the part of the show where we open Hailing Frequencies for your incoming messages.
0: Episode 365's community question was, what are your thoughts on
1: Spock's flashback appearance in Star Trek Discovery? From Patreon, David S says, given that they have already mentioned BetaZ in Star Trek Discovery, it would make sense for her to play an ancestor to Deanna Troy. Her family was very prestigious, so it's likely they would be important figures on BetaZ at that time. I would like to know how the Troy family got the sacred chalice of Reeks. Or any of the other wonderful things that they have.
0: Yeah, I'm trying to think. What else did they have? Uh, heir to the holy rings of Beta Z? Yes, and yeah. Th- there's so much stuff there, like uh, that we just heard in TNG, but we never got any backstory to uh, it.
3: No, no, no. I really just uh, no. Don't do that, please. Don't do that because you know what? You know why? Because that's going to end up being a filler episode, and Star Trek Discovery is serial. And what's going to end up happening is they're going to tell this this 15 episode arc, and it's going to end up being like Deep Space Nine, where it's like. Dominion, Dominion. Let's talk about the the rings of Beta Z and how we got them. And then back to the war. Back to the war. back, no, I don't want to. No, no, no. I don't want to. I don't want filler episodes. I don't want well, it episodes,
1: It doesn't have to be a filler, though. It can just it can happen naturally. Well, look, they already done that with season one. Mud. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah, I yeah, didn't like yeah, it didn't then. Like those, I'm not going to like it Elijah said he didn't like, oh, I'm so, uh, there is a
3: God. <laughs> <laughs> I hate, I did not like the Harry Mudd but, episodes. Oh, I thought they were terrible. Oh, let me, let me, rephrase, the first Harry Mudd episode was fine because he was in jail. blah yeah. blah, blah, blah But the, the time loop oh, episode, yeah, that, that, that was.
1: was yeah. Oh. Thank you. T- thank
3: you. To- totally disagree. This is not the forum, but I disagree. <sighs> Get off the show. From Patreon, Thaddeus Edwards writes in. If she were given a role in Discovery, she could play an ancestor of Deanna. We've seen Brent Spiner play other Sungs, as well as Michael Dorn portraying ancestral wharfs. At this point, why not just continue the pattern since it's already been established? Personally, I find storytelling stronger when it seems like the galaxy is larger and thus contains fewer repeating faces, but... We're also getting to the point now where TNG actors can make appearances the way TOS stars were able to as The Next Generation was getting started.
0: That's actually a good point with Brent Spiner coming back playing uh, Doctor, uh, well, soon. Um, because you're, you're saying you don't want these filler episodes, but that was a great two-parter with the,
1: um, what are they called? The Augments, is it? The Augments. Yeah. That was a great two parter with that, but I agree with Thaddeus that sometimes it's nice to see new faces, and while I would like to see Marina Sardis again on Star Trek, I just we've already seen Sarek again, we're here in Spock again. I think it's time to split it. and I'm a big discovery fan, i love I love discovery, but maybe now is not the time from Priority One podcast,
0: Josh Siegel says. I would like to see Marina Sirtis play either some distant ancestor of her original character, Deanna Troy, or if not possible, perhaps play a Vulcan as a somewhat nod of her episode of Face of the Enemy. If that's, that's the one when she... When she, she wakes was, up as a
1: Romulan. Right, yeah, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was yeah. another great episode as well. Yeah, it sure was. From Facebook, Sean Lannan wrote... Marina Sardis should play Deanna Troy and Jonathan Frakes should play William T. Reich. Discovery should just be a holodeck simulation on the USS Titan, and the holodeck program was corrupted, which could explain why nothing in Discovery looks
3: right. <laughs> <laughs> well done, Sean.
1: Well done.
3: Well played, Sean. Well played. Well played. Bravo. From Twitter, Jason Smith writes in as the new security officer of Discovery. That'd be cool. Yeah.
0: And then Marina Sirtis. I like it. Actually, that just reminded me because uh, Marina Sirtis was originally cast to play Tasha Yar.
1: Tasha Yar. Yeah. Ooh. That actually just came back to me. Trek Nugget. Yeah, indeed. Mm. From Priority One Podcast, Bertholf says, I would love to hear Marina voicing a couple of computers. She could do one in her normal accent and one in her Betazoid accent. The former would be sarcastic and funny. The latter... Should be unintentionally funny. Or she could play Pike's first officer. Or she could play any Dan character she wanted, and I would still pay money to see it. Or all of the above. Just not Troy and a Holodeck, a la Enterprise. Anywho, that's enough for me. So I'm gonna go zip it and go.
3: Uh I you see, I would love for Marina to voice the computers. I think that they sh- they should have had her do it. From season one. I think it should have been her from season one. And if not, then she should voice it at least on the Enterprise. I think she's... I mean, you know, she worked closely with Major Barrett. Why not? Why not be the voice of the Enterprise computer? I think
1: it's a good idea. I love the idea of her playing Pike's first officer number one. Because there's not a lot known about number one other than um, a lot of the uh, EU stuff. But she fits that bill perfectly. She's that exotic type. She's that... um, that very she can play that that tough yet um, feminine type she's very very good she fits that bill perfectly i think that's a really really good casting from facebook dan canescu says
0: marina sorta should play the original number 1's mom it will be classic throwback inside joke to Majil playing her mom in tng mic drop
3: Ah, There you Mm -hmm. go. There you go. Well, Captains, you certainly knocked it out of the park this week, and we had some amazing replies from all of our platforms, from our website, from Twitter, from Facebook, and we wish we could have highlighted them all for this episode. So for our listeners who haven't seen all of the feedback, we encourage you to head over to those social media platforms and give them a read or engage with the discussion and talk with your fellow Trek fans. Well, that wraps up episode 366 of Priority One, a Roddenberry Star Trek podcast. For more great podcasts like Mission Log, Women at Warp, and The Trek Files, visit podcasts.roddenberry.com. Captains, you know we love hearing from you, so leave us a comment on our website at priorityonepodcast.com, on our Facebook page at facebook.com/forward/slash priorityonepodcast, or tweet us via at priorityonepod.
1: Don't miss a thing from the Star Trek multiverse. Catch our episodes every Friday by pointing your favorite podcast app to feeds.priorityonepodcast.com. You can even join us in the fun while we record our episodes live on Tuesday nights at around 11.30 p.m. Eastern Time. Keep an eye on our social media channels for details. And if that wasn't enough,
0: you can join us in Star Trek Online and the Priority One Armada. If you're interested, just head over to priorityonearmada.com and sign up today. And don't forget that every Saturday night, the Armada takes to our Twitch channel where we review the latest Star Trek Online and Armada news, as well as highlighting some of the amazing members in the Armada. Each week, we team up with you, the viewers, and earn things like reputation marks and delithium. With regular giveaways, there's something for all STO players, new and old. Follow us on twitch.tv
1: forward slash priority1. This episode of Priority One Podcast is brought to you by our patrons at patreon.com find out more and add your support at patreon.com slash priority one even if you can't make a financial contribution please help spread the word about the show and invite your fellow trekkies it's your support that keeps us going don't forget to tune in
0: to priority one productions guard frequency podcast at GuardFrequency.com. each episode the guard will take you inside the universe of your favorite space sims including a tabletop adventure played out by your hosts And Heroes Rise brings you up to date with the world of Dungeons & Dragons. Learn all about the latest publications, tools, tips, tricks, and traps in less time than it takes to skin a wyvern. Head over to HeroesRisePodcast.com to discover their secrets.
3: A special thanks to our guest host this week, Jake Morgan. Not only for filling in for Kenna and Tony while they were away this week, but for also assisting us with our social media endeavors and with writing our show from week to week. Thanks to our audio team, led by Michael McDonald, with assistance from Brandon Parker, Jake Morgan, and with additional support from Midnight Shadow 7 of Holosuite Media. Thanks to our graphic artist and web designer, Henry Popper. Thanks to the composer of our theme music, Chris Watts. Thanks to our syndication partners, Subspace Radio and Trek Radio. Thanks to Patreon associate producers, Navy Boats Lou and Jim DeVico. But most importantly, a big thanks to you, the Star Trek community. And our listeners, because without your ongoing support, none of this would be possible. Enemy ship on sensors. Red alert. Shields up.
2: Ready weapons. Engage. Engage. Transfer complete.
3: This is Elijah. Trek it out. Sync
0: one. This is Winters. Trek it out. Sync two. This is Jake. Trek it out. Sync.
1: Tony.
3: <laughs> Peg provided further evidence of a still unconfirmed report that director S.J. Clarkson will helm Star Trek four four that's a four that's That's a four four. (laughs) it comes out in an interview with in an (laughs) (laughs) interview that another yet to be confirmed rumor regarding star trek four yo four yeah okay (laughs) speaking to yahoo you know what hey jake can you do me a favor and just just actual numbers (laughs) we'll do it and not and not roman numerals because obviously i cheated in that class i'm kidding i'm kidding which redirects and conceals an object from sound waves. Do you want to do that again? I don't, because I thought I faked it pretty well. (laughs) (laughs) Reason. I knew I stumbled, but I thought it was, like, okay enough. (laughs) While scientists at the meeting admit that the metamaterial could be used as an invisibility...
0: You can say Mesomaterial,
1: wow. but
3: you stumble on Cloak. <laughs> Clo- I know, I know. Because <laughs> I wanted to say Quoke. Quok.
1: You can okay. Quoke him.
3: Given that they have already
1: mentioned Beta Z in Star Trek.
3: Wait, so I heard us. Was that on yeah, your Yeah, yeah, I smacked something.
1: <laughs> I got very angry at myself. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> okay, here we go. <clears throat> Years later. Who's from? Okay.
0: This
3: is Elijah, closing SYNC 1.
0: This is Winters waiting for Jake to mess up sync
1: th- two. I did that right, didn't I? Sync three. <laughs> yeah.
3: For more great podcasts, like Mission Log, Women. Whitman- <laughs> <laughs> I'm laughing because I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I gotta take a moment here. I'm laughing because we just got another tweet from somebody calling out Jake <laughs> for using 365 <laughs> as full circle. I was tired <laughs> and listen to me. Th- I was t- and not 360. <laughs> it was a long day.
1: <laughs> I was tired, and I'm not a smart man.
3: <laughs> oh my god, I'm not that's super That's good. That's good. That's too over a day. <laughs> But I know what. But I know but, what fire is. But I is. know what
1: Star Trek is. <laughs> <laughs> but before we go, blah 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 blah. <laughs> community question here. Don't miss a thing from the Star Trek multiverse.
3: Catch our episodes. Oh, don't don't go insulting. No, no, no whole, not insulting. You, please, just trying to make fun. Just trying to trying to make fun of no. Kenna. Never. I'm terrified of Kenna. Okay.
0: <laughs> Sounds like she's beaten you now.
3: You're right. You're you're right. You apologized ahead of time. Good work.
0: Okay. I'm sorry, Kenna. Learn all about the latest publications, tools, tips, tricks. <laughs> <laughs> Learn all about the latest publications, tools, tips, tricks, and traps in the... Ah. (laughs) You can do it. Everybody hit stop. Fantastic. Podcast.roddenberry.com. The Roddenberry Podcast Network.